Yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Oh, Merry thanks. Christmas, and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Republicans seek to take control of the House of Representatives. Republicans are going to retake both the House and Senate. A liberal MSNBC host warning Democrats about the potential for a red wave. Do we have any sort of canary in the coal mine type indications of where we may be headed on that front? Fox News is calling the Virginia governor's race for Republican Glenn Youngkin. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this the last... Welcome to the Ruthless Variety Program. I hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas. I know we did. Absolutely. Wonderful Christmas. I hope everyone got to enjoy it. Uh, I know I enjoyed seeing... There were like tweets of... Uh, I can't remember who, who who tweeted this. It was some liberal who was like, uh, I sent an email, like their family sent an evite to the Christmas thing. Like, <laughs> I sent an email asking if they were going to be testing everyone upon arrival, and they just removed me from the invite. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. I mean, the big panic, it seemed like, uh, in Lib Christmas this year, to the extent that, what do they call it? It's it's not Christmas. It's uh, winter holiday. Uh, oh, is that what they're calling Yeah, it winter now? holiday. Okay. When uh, their winter holiday was running around trying to gobble up as many at-home tests as they possibly yeah, could. Yeah, it's like right. out from every store. It's like, what are you doing getting tested daily? There's like no need for this. I think, I, I, you know, it's, it's really harmed them psychologically. Like we're hearing now, you know, oh, almost two years of this has had a psychological effect on, on a lot of people. And it can't be healthy to have shut yourself in. It's just you and the cat. Taking COVID tests every day. Well, we are not shut in. We are back here in studio and glad to be back after Christmas. Uh, in case you were living under a rock or, or didn't pull up Twitter this weekend, and if you didn't, God bless you. Uh, but uh, this clip of Joe Biden doing the NORAD uh, Christmas calls uh, with people uh, went viral. Yeah. It yeah. was uh, so, you know, just to give you a little background here. So Joe Biden and Jill Biden are sitting there and they're talking to this <laughs> this dad and mom and some kids about Christmas. And, oh, what are you going to get for Christmas? And where's uh, where's Santa on the NORAD tracker and yada, yada, yada. He ends the call with the let's go, Brandon, <laughs> which immediately becomes a media firestorm. Right. Well, first of all, Joe Biden says, I agree. Well, he, he apparently he's never heard it. Oh, yeah. I mean, is that no possible? Clue. I mean, he, he may have and forgot it because let's be serious. I mean, <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's possible, Smug. I think it's actually probably more likely, though, that like they don't want to overwhelm the poor old man with too much information. <laughs> Do you think it's possible that he does not know Let's Go, Brandon? It, it is totally possible yeah. he doesn't I mean, know. And here's the thing is like if you're his handlers, the honestly, the less he knows, the better, because anytime you trot him out to discuss or, or, or any information you give him, he's going to just bungle it anyways. You know, it's like kind of like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Just like let the dude keep napping, see what she can do while he's asleep. It's actually one of the most fascinating things if you think about it. Because the thing about being president of the United States is that it might be the only job in America where your information flow is entirely governed, right? Mm. You don't just sit on your computer or flip through your phone and sort of read news articles and do everything is governed. Everything that comes in the Oval Office or goes out of the Oval Office goes through a staff secretary. Actually, a real president would be on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd say if I, if I was president, I would have that hour right before bed where I would just drop five bangers oh, yeah. Yeah. and then go to yeah. sleep and, and wake. see what chaos is happening <laughs> and see what would happen. Yeah. Well, I think that's pretty much what Trump did. But even he, you'll recall, a big issue in his first year of his administration was that information flow. Yeah. 
right? They didn't have anybody monitoring it, and so like he would he'd end up with just straight info war stuff. It was, I mean, the thing is, is, I miss it so much where you could just have <laughs> access to thinking what the most powerful human alive is thinking. Because he sometimes he was just like chilling. He's like, here's what I'm thinking about, everybody. Like <laughs> he's in all honesty, I think he's the all time greatest at Twitter. No one can. No, top I don't him. think there's anything close. The dude would drop the best takes. Well, because he would use Twitter how people use Twitter. Yeah. My my favorite Trump tweets always and forever will be uh like commentator trump the diet coke yes. one like the yes. guy the guy who's like your buddy on the couch next to you and he's just commenting on stuff like he's next to you yeah like he's not running the country <laughs> yeah what, what was what was the name of uh the twilight actors uh robert patterson uh, Pattinson. Yeah. where he was like don't go back to her to kristen stewart, you to kristen <laughs> just stewart. like here's what i'm thinking and chilling like what an awesome situation i missed yeah. that and now we're stuck with a guy who doesn't even realize well let's go brandon means yeah it's amazing but you know what what's so fascinating about our media dynamic right is is all of a sudden this dude who said let's go brandon becomes just the center of the entire nation's media's attention and i think was this Fox News had a report about all the various like NBC, ABC, CBS, all the reporting that was done on this poor guy. I mean, right. So, so this is this is really nice. So Tim J. Graham on Twitter had had a video clip of CNN reacting to this. And he says that CNN is pissed that a parent would say, let's go, Brandon, to Biden directly. Analyst says it's ungracious, juvenile, reprehensible, and it's about insurrection. <laughs> it's insurrection. It's insurrections. It's just incredible. But I, the thing that, that that is making me just uh, irritates me beyond belief is that, like, I don't need to know who this guy is, you know? Right. Yeah. And, like, would I do that? You know, probably not. It's the president of the United States, but I think it's funny. Yeah. I think it's really funny. And it's certainly not national news. Right. So somebody please explain to me why I now know more about this dude than I know about the guy who drove through a crowd in Waukesha. Right. Bingo. Right? Bingo. Like, it's like the journalists are, like, worried about... Okay, we need to send a crack team to figure out, go through this guy's trash, right? Right. Find out everything about him. Get him uh, fired. We don't know why some guy tried to kill a bunch of people uh, in Waukesha driving a truck through him. But hey, listen, we got to focus on a guy who said, "Let's go, Brandon." To the most powerful person in the world, yeah, right? Like, let's right. not forget that. Like that, these journalists are more concerned about you know getting this no-named guy fired. Well, I mean, <laughs> for, for disrespecting the president. Oh gosh, that's the thing. Is like. I think it's very telling of, of where the left is right now. Like, I saw the response online. Uh, some live journal posted the video. And then in the replies, like, the top one was, like, uh, who is this person? Where do they work? And then the next reply was, he's a, m a member of the military. And according to Section DD04, oh, he can be denied his uh, pension and salary for disrespecting the commander. They're trying to take his livelihood during Christmas Psycho because he said something they didn't but agree. But that's the right. thing is, they're like, how dare... This person attacked the most powerful right. human on earth. They should have their livelihood taken away. Their children should be destitute. We, we've, we've, we've said this many times in the program, but it's funny that the people who claim to be fighting fascism are the biggest fascists. Seriously, they're in like, our do democracy. not speak out against the regime or right. we will come for your entire family. <laughs> it's truly unbelievable. Um, fellas, should we read some five stars? Sure. So this first one, Gorilla Headphones, uh, came in uh, Christmas Eve and it's entitled A Wave, A Wave. Uh, I think I listened to the opening of the Christmas episode 17 times, and I'm not stopping. I was late to the program, but I've enjoyed catching up from episode one. It's a great way to laugh and learn. I learned about fighting horses, junkie horses, dogs killing monkeys. We need to follow up on yes, that story. And I agree. Yeah. I agree. We need to follow up. Uh, Princess Diana was a terrible mother. More truth. Fake space and dudes just win. 
Keep up the great work on the program, gentlemen. I'll be tuning in. Merry Christmas. Excellent. Excellent review. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. I'll, uh, I'll go with this one. It's Jay Faves' Overlooked Inflation Remedy. This snarky, jovial, and informative show is a great look inside the Beltway. However, while the pre-holiday episode focused on the skyrocketing price of beef tenderloin, they overlooked an abundant and reasonably priced replacement source of holiday protein, Jennifer Rubin brainworms. If cooked properly, they're non-invasive, pair nicely with a fine Barolo, and she serves them up for free with every hysteria-laden <laughs> tweet. Keep up the good work, fellas. That's great. Awesome. And one more here from Montequila. Um... Couldn't have asked for a better Christmas gift than a road trip with Smug Holmes, Duncan, and the Amicus Brief. The Amicus <laughs> oh, Brief. Amazing. I love that it one. was a really good game of King of the it Hill. It really was. On the 13th hour, 13 hour car ride, this informative, lighthearted, and hilarious podcast single handedly converted my Northern Lib girlfriend into a red blooded conservative. Yes. Wow. Amazing. Yes. Changing lives. Now I can finally feel comfortable in knowing I have found the one. Thank you, heroes, for your service. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. Monte Kayla. How about that, and, pal? And a 13-hour road trip. That is serious. Serious. That's, That's serious. no joke. That's a real one. He was definitely, definitely making it uh, worthwhile of his time. So here's the thing. Oh, wait. I got a, I got a quick note. Uh, it's being handed to me. It says, shout out to friends of the program teaching finance at Century High School in Carroll County, Maryland. And also a special shout out to the Nixon Library. Uh, for sending, you know, some awesome presents. That was that was oh, a great. That's great. great yeah, they the sent us cheer. some great stuff. Yeah. Nixon now more than ever. Yeah. Um, like like magnet for the fridge. Oh, I love it. Bunch of great stuff. I love it. I love it. All right, let's jump right into the things that are going to piss you off because I know it pissed me off. Uh, there was a report over the weekend from Vanity Fair that the Biden administration rejected an October proposal for free rapid tests for the holidays. Um, the subheader. I mean, look, I read this article. Um, I found it very easy to believe. Uh, part of the reason why I found it now, of course, Joe Biden today has denied all of this. Uh, but what he said ultimately throughout the fall in, in the summer and, and now going into the winter is that like vaccination is the only way that we're focused on it. We're going to put all of our resources on vaccination, 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 vaccination. Nobody talked about testing. Nobody talked about monoclonal antibodies except for the governors who are actually getting the job done right nobody talked about all the other various remedies that have been you know proposed and now approved from the fda distribution everybody was just talking about vaccinations well now that we have breakthrough cases like hand over fist and you can look out the office window of the of where we're sitting in downtown dc and see a line around the freaking block Right. Of people trying to get tested in, in 40 degree weather. Something's gone wrong. Yeah. And and I would also like to point this out is we have a tweet on May 7, 2020 from Joe Biden saying, where are the tests, Mr. President? We also have a tweet from him on March 28th saying the administration promised millions of tests, but it's not happening fast enough. Where are the tests, Mr. President? Well, well, well. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We know what their priorities were. It, it, this report, you know, maybe right, maybe wrong. But, but what's factual is you look at what this administration has put the money into and put the emphasis in the bully pulpit of this administration behind. None of it was about testing people this fall, and now you have huge problems. Right. None of it was about any sort of um, therapeutics. Right. 
whatsoever. You know, recall when we were talking about the vaccine at the very earliest stages, you had Mike Pence out on an almost daily basis talking about the biggest challenge for this administration is once we get these things approved is the district distribution. Yeah. Right. And they had like basically the entire military and all of the logistics companies in this country working together on a months long plan to try to get the vaccine out as fast as possible and into people's arms and whatnot. You would think, knowing what you knew in the spring of last year about breakthrough cases, and as that worked through the summer, that you knew that the vaccine wasn't going to eliminate COVID. You knew you were going to have another seasonal problem. Even if the vaccine was more effective than it actually turned out being, you knew this was going to be a problem. None of I have not seen one fucking plan from anyone nope. about the distribution of, of any of these drugs that have come out for therapeutics. Like, where are they? Well, because they spent the entire summer blaming Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Because the seasonality of COVID means that in the warmer months, the places that are hot, where people are inside so they can get AC, will have higher case counts. And now the opposite is true. Yeah. And now the blue states have high case counts. Yeah, you're in the and Northeast. Right. It's freezing cold. People are inside. And, and you're not seeing these journos being like, Ron DeSantis must apologize when you see Michigan, right. New York getting slammed. New York, I mean, the situation there is insane. It's become a meme where everyone's like, yeah, I've got COVID. Yeah, I can't get tested. Where every, I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, like, they're, what they're an breaking ab- records for, 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 for people to, who have it. To Holmes's point, what an abject government failure that we're almost two years into this and they can't figure out the distribution of these tests, right? You can't. How can you not figure out the most basic thing, the test? Right. How can you not figure it? But also, even take a step back. Why is it that there's such hysteria about the test? Right. Right? Right. It's because of the, the lie, which was the big lie, about what coronavirus was, what COVID-19 was, how you should prepare for it as a society. Right. These people pushed the agenda and the idea that the entire virus would evaporate from the face of the earth if Joe Biden was sworn in as president. Yep. Right. Yep. That's the lie that they pushed. I mean, and, and he pushed it himself, saying that I will not shut down the economy. I will shut down the virus. And there you go. And, and the, what happened? What and, happened? And the media perpetuated the idea that two things. Number one, catching COVID is a moral failing. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. And number two, you get this virus, it's going to lead to serious illness and death. Right. And so those two things in tandem being pumped up by the media for the last two years every day means you have people who are going to get the sniffles. Right. Who are hoarding tests now. Yeah. Right. Which is what's happened. That's what's happening. That's yeah. what's happened. And so it's not it's not about keeping people healthy at all. No, it's not about protecting society from anything. You have now created an entire class of people who every time they, they wake up and they think they feel like a twinge of a headache are like scrambling for the in-home test to jam up their nose. Right. I, I saw uh, th- there's some preliminary data coming out from Britain, their medical system, saying that they've had like an all-time high in reported cases, but hospitalizations are down. Yeah. They're not seeing the deaths now that Omicron has become the dominant variant. I mean, at some point, you know, I think they created uh, the the liberals in this country created like a Frankenstein monster right. of being like COVID is because of Republicans. It's because of Trump. And now that they're having to deal with it. I mean, you hear Joe Biden straight up say uh, there's like no federal response. There's nothing I can Dude, do. Dude, I guys. think we have audio of that. Like, this is from yesterday in a press conference. You know, he's doing like, you know, flies back from vacation to do a press conference right. where he talks to governors about how he can't do anything for him. Then he flies back on vacation, which is amazing. Here's the audio. 
is, look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. I mean, first of all, he sounds terrible. Yeah. Terrible. He's like, oh, by the way, uh, uh, I'm COVID, but uh, there is no solution at the federal level, even though I tweeted a million times well, and based my campaign upon right. saying that uh, Donald Trump is the reason for COVID. Imagine that. Imagine a guy who ran a campaign exclusively on competence on how to handle how the federal government could shut down the coronavirus. The only reason he's president of the United States, let's be honest, is for that. And is the for the entire that. media pushing that message. Right. And he's not and even Don, and, those, and Donald Trump left left these governors in the lurch, right? With, with with no vaccines and no idea of how we're actually going to be able to fight this thing. And it was Donald Trump's fault. It was the federal government's fault that these governors didn't have what they needed. And now what does Joe Biden say all these months later? Yeah, oh, no, can't do anything. No federal solution. It is the most it is the most unbelievable statement that I've heard to date in a sea of incredibly unbelievable statements. And from no this media is going to call him out on it. No, he will get no questions. When you had like it was like a firing squad whenever Trump would have these press conferences of journalists trying to stand up and get their moment on front of the camera so they can get a book deal of being like President Trump, don't you feel bad for creating coronavirus? Like, you had all these journals jumping up, trying to find a way to say, this is your fault, Trump, this is your fault, Trump, to help push the Biden presidential campaign's message of Trump is coronavirus, it's all Trump's fault. But you're not going to have a single one of those, like, brave truth tellers stand up and be like, wait a minute, how is it not a federal response when you base your entire campaign upon the fact well, that you could solve this? Well, and the other thing, Smug, and I'm so glad you mentioned those reporters, because if you've looked at some of the coverage recently here in the last week or 10 days or so, what you've seen is a shift in the narrative that getting COVID is no longer a moral failing. Because mm -hmm. oh, yeah. now these we people talked about this a little last yeah, week, right? Now these people in the Acela corridor yep. are getting it. The oh, journalists yeah. are getting it. Yeah. And now suddenly it's just it's a thing that's going to happen. This was the this was the stelter, the stelter thing. Stelter point is, where he was is like, cases, oh. is cases maybe a bad measurement? Is it maybe a bad measurement? Yeah, it's a really bad measurement. It always has been, but it's the one that you used to try to hang. Donald Trump and his administration out to dry on every move that they made. I, I don't remember the reporter who tweeted it, but I remember in the summer when they were doing the heat map of cases mm -hmm. and a reporter said to sum it up the South. That's right. Which was dripping with no, disdain I, I for these was. Trump people. That was, that was um, Mike Barbero who does the daily. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. And I, I, I called him out for it and I got that block real fast. <laughs> yeah. That's a bad Well, now moment. it's New York. Yeah, but now it's New York. And, and you have to ask yourself, I mean, look, every state is processing this a little differently. I do think a lot of this has to has to do with the competence of your governor, Florida, doing quite well with Governor DeSantis and his leadership throughout. But I got to tell you, like Virginia, there's been a huge wave. Like we know a lot of people in our orbit who have gotten yes. COVID over the last week to 10 days. It is damn near impossible for anyone who's not a geriat a fat geriatric to get monoclonal antibodies. Right. Why? 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 What, what? What's the? Why is it that there are eight million uh, vaccines sitting somewhere in a storage room, but there is not any sort of emphasis on trying to get cures to people who need them? How? Why is it that when Joe Biden was handed multiple vaccines, more people have died under his presidency than died? under president trump's because of COVID, why Be is that because he spent the last nine months trying to remake the american economy instead of doing the one thing he was elected to do he, he ignored the actual problem right these guys try to socialize america in the name of a crisis without addressing the actual crisis. And, and if you want to say you want to say like well there's nothing he could actually do the virus is going to be a virus and it's always going to be here and the, largely there's some truth to that 
but it was Joe Biden who said he is going to shut down the virus and he hasn't shut down the virus. No, and you can't shut down the virus. But here's the point, And this is like what infuriated. You could do most. lots of different things. Your point. Yeah. The, the point is, is that the virus like just do your basic homework. COVID-19 is here to stay. It will always be here. What happens with a pandemic, it turns into an endemic when people build up natural immunizations coupled with vaccinations and therapeutics right. that your society can deal with and you're not having mass death at a level of like 3 or 4% per acquiring of the virus. That's just what it is, yeah. right? That's what's happened since the beginning of time. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I don't understand. I just remedially read, right? Right. So I can understand. And it's common sense. And it's common sense. So here we are. You're at Omicron. You know, what, here we are. You know what I thought was really fascinating is so. Um, number one, I thought this is uh, this is a very good point. Is initially journalists were attributing Omicron as like the South African variant, and it, you know, good for a bunch of uh, scientists and doctors in South Africa who pointed out it did not originate in in South Africa. The reason that we know about it is because to combat AIDS, we have among the best scientists. you know teams yeah. to study viruses, and so we were the first to detect and label and and figure out. This is a different variant. Uh, secondly, after having time to study it, South Africa has removed all restrictions. Yeah, no, it's, they've it's, gotten rid of it's back any restrictions on 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 going out, any restrictions whatsoever on quarantining. Because from what they have seen, as the people who first found Omicron, as the people who have first began monitoring Omicron, is look at that. It is far less severe. It is far far more contagious than any variant. But it is far, far less severe in terms of uh, people who suffer severe effects from it and, and people who get hospitalized and people who die far, far less severe. And that should be great news. That should be celebrated. And, right. and then you say, uh, you know, have Joe Biden say that there is no federal response. The policy measures that they have put in place are so ass backwards. And I'm talking about at the federal level. Um, this restriction of yet again trying to strand Americans being like, well, if you test uh, positive overseas, good luck. You're on your own. Yeah, you can't you can't get back. It's unbelievable. And that's a federal policy. There you go. But again, you get you look you look at how this thing ends. It ends when you prioritize therapeutics. Right. When you right? give people multiple options so they don't have to hoard tests over fear that they're never going to be able to get access to anything. I mean, there Because that's the thing. Like with monoclonal, like you were saying, Holmes, you got to administer that in like the first 5 6 days of inf of infection. Right, you can't wait for it. You can't wait for it. No. So these people are hoarding tests because they want to know the minute that it comes back positive, they got to figure out a way to get it. They got to go get in line. And that's where we get this just snowball effect of bad supply chain to deal with the virus, right? Right. But it's it's the worst of government. Right. Because then the, the answer for Biden is to send 500 million tests. Right. So you compound the problem, the panic yeah. problem that yeah. you've already created. Because that's the thing is they're having they're in a situation. They are stuck where they are trying to use covid for control. Right. To be like, listen, folks, this is life or death. You have to do what we say. Right. If you disagree, number one, you're you're an anti-vaxxer. You're an insurrectionist. So how are they going to be able to tell folks, wait a minute, it looks like things are getting better. Like I saw photos. There was that tweet that went around of of some lib showing up at the airport before Christmas. She oh, yeah, taped the, the mask to her face on top of like yeah, having like a, a face shield. Yeah. Like she's like, uh, I, I've taken like a bunch of you know two shots boosted. I took a Xanax, and, and it's like what? Well, the, la the last mean, the last part tells you that's a lot. key. But dude, it's that's a mental key. health illness. Yeah. Right? The problem is that this has become. The focal point of mental health illness. Right. And, and, right? and like, look, I don't want to make fun of that woman for that. What, what I'm she saying is help. what I'm what I'm saying is, is like to some certain degree, 
half of this country is like that now. I agree. And I, I, I just don't know how we get out of it. And that's and, and on a state level, oh, along these lines, so uh, even though she's a Democrat, good writer, Carol Markowitz, uh, put out this article of why she's leaving New York. She put it in the New York Post and leaving for Florida. Is You see these examples. I remember I was stunned to see in, in Park Slope in Brooklyn in New York City, uh, they have the kids outside sitting on the ground in like 34 degrees eating their lunch. lunch yeah who does that to kids uh, it just, it was so, well, so, so, so back back to the the tests out here at farragut square in washington dc where we're recording this right now and the line around the block that you're talking about Holmes. i walked past it when i was uh getting lunch today and you know i saw a lot of people in that line that look like they're in their 20s and 30s yeah and you know like look i'm not going to blame them for standing in line getting that test maybe they need it for work right maybe they're going to be with somebody who's high risk fine there is a lot of risk for them and their immune system st standing in Much 40 more. degree weather for three hours to get a covid test then covid might actually do to their body totally totally like that's the sort of ass backwards policy like illustrated perfectly illustrated you've created this absolute anxiety amongst the American people. And then you have concierge services, right? That are charging like $150, 200 right. a test for people who can get in. But I, you right? know, I mean, tested. I mean, my who would do such a thing? Which, 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 <laughs> like, who would do such a thing? <laughs> we, we administered one live on the air. Yeah, we did. We, we yeah. administered one live on the air. I had to rent a car and go to McLean. McLean. The no, real man no, calls it's it McLean. It's McLean. It's, it's McLean. McLean, Virginia. It's not the name. It's we we live concierge services. Joe Biden, do your job. <laughs> did you guys see? All right, enough for the COVID thing. Yeah. You can tell we're pissed off about it. Um, but did you guys see about this dude in Britain who has the largest model train set and he's kept it secret from his girlfriend? <laughs> Simon George spent six months building a 200 foot long model train set before his new girlfriend discovered it. <laughs> That's awesome. She must be blind as a damn bat, by the way. Uh, for some people, sharing their hobbies with a new boyfriend or girlfriend can be a nerve-wracking experience. One man in Britain, for example, uh, was worried that his new girlfriend might dump him if she found out he was in the process of building the biggest model train railway in the country. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, I, 200, I it's a 200-foot-long train set. I feel like his, his fears were well-founded. No, so, yeah. so here's the thing is I, I have a lot of takes on this. Number one, I say, you know, build your train set king. Like right. a 200 foot train set. I remember I had like a train set. I can't remember. I mean, it was, you know, it was in the basement when I was a kid. It, it was great. It even had like a smoke that came out of the damn thing. Nice. You know, like, was, yeah. It was like a real deal. Did you have a little whistle? Great like the oh, locomotive yeah. actually smoked. So great. So great. It, it made the sound. You know, I put nice. action figures on there that would get run over. Dude, I mean, my, was, my son would love that. This yeah. is back when children could have toys that were dangerous and enjoyable. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. Um, so good for him for building that. The weird thing is like, how do you expect in a relationship to be able to like hide this if this is your girlfriend you can't, number one you can't hide anything from them they will always find out number two why would you hide something like this you know <laughs> well, and, and if she has a problem with it you know what maybe you just need to hang out with the bros I mean, maybe with your she train set. you know find someone who cares wait till you hear the, the explanation so he met marie two years ago when he started dating a letter to believe that i was a wine merchant <laughs> okay <laughs> it sounded sexier than saying i was building a model railway which usually sends women running she came down to the cellar one day and said, where's all the wine? I told her the truth, and she was like, okay. But she has an art degree, so she appreciated the level of detail and the work 
that went into it. We're now engaged. Okay. So it worked out. Happy for ending. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. So it's like, what kind of honey are you using to catch these flies? If, if you're like advertising, I, I want to see who I can catch if I say I got a lot of wine. Yeah, well, I you're see, getting a certain crowd. Well, I, it, I, I mean, <laughs> and and why is he hiding now? You're supposed to hide things after you get married. Like why? Is he, why is he <laughs> it's uh, a great rule of thumb. You, you got plenty of hiding to come. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. Not, Worry about it there's a, there's a lot worse than the train set. You know that <laughs> plenty of people. Jeez. Did you guys see the two uh, defund the police state legislators that were carjacked in the last? Uh, Week? It oh keeps no! Going. More? I, I only heard about one member of Congress. Oh, wow! Yeah, it's now multiple. Yeah, fans. Illinois uh, State Senator Kimberly Lightford was targeted in suburban Chicago on Tuesday night, while Congresswoman Mary Gay Scanlon in Pennsylvania was carjacked Wednesday afternoon after an event in South Philly. Uh, both Scanlon, Scanlon and Lightford have previously spoken out about "quote unquote" police reform. Um, especially in the wake of George Floyd's death in Minneapolis last year. They co-sponsored a bill in their respective offices that called for mental health specialists to be dispatched instead of the police. I hope when they called 911, they sent like a caseworker. Yeah, like a little social worker yeah. out there with a clipboard. Yeah. Tell us how your feelings hey, are. Do you feel I, like I, you've I been mean, victimized? I, I think the, the, the thing is, is that also the reason that you're hearing this news reported is you're starting to see a shift. Dems are starting to wake up that a red wave is headed their way. Right. They want to save their asses. Yep. You saw even if when the San Francisco mayor. Yeah, London Breed. Who has allowed that town to become like Mad Max levels of mayhem. Yeah. Start saying, okay, we need more police. She feels comfortable knowing that she can still not worry about her base turning on her because they're living in rampant crime. Open, rampant crime. Open, open air drug use. Yeah, open right? air drug use. When like uh, what were supposedly the safe parts of town are now getting like raided and yeah. these like uh, like store robbery sprees, when they're starting to pick up, okay, you know, we we kind of went way over our skis with the defund the police thing. Now maybe I can get some points on saying, oh, you know, we need more police action. We need to catch these criminals. The thing is. I saw some conservatives being like, I'm glad that they came to this. No, hold them accountable. Right. Hold them accountable. These people, I mean, are, are they caring about the Americans who had their businesses burned down over no. the summer of mayhem? No, well, it's all political. No it's one's your talking point. about to that. To the point you Billions just made. Billions of dollars right. of, of American businesses were burned, destroyed right. in the summer of mayhem and riots. And, and, and those people aren't getting attention. We don't know their names. We know the names of two members uh, or a member of Congress, another elected official who were for defund the police, right. who were carjacked. Listen, a lot of folks lost a lot more and had to live under this like tyranny of like a rampant crime spree. While while you were felt, you know, you've got your security, you right. can defund the police. Now you're living with the consequences. Well, and it, it goes back to the let's go Brandon caller on you know talking to Joe Biden. And I I saw a lot of people people out there who were saying, you know, gosh, this is horrible. Or I'm a conservative and this still offends me. And yada yada yada. You know, have some decency for the president. I mean, that's easy to say. That's easy for you to say if you didn't lose anything these last two years, yeah. if your business wasn't shut down. You know, so I understand the frustration that's out there. And these these mayors, these liberal mayors who let their own cities burn to make Donald Trump look bad. Yeah. I mean, think of how psychotic you are. Well, it's all it's all entirely political. And you can see it play out in every way. One is to fund the police when people know that that's bad for the communities that they they represent. Yeah. The, two, the second is just lionizing people who are victims of police violence in some way or another as though they are beyond reproach. 
the thing that that drove me nuts over the weekend. I don't know if you guys saw the verdict with Kim Potter in Minneapolis, the police officer who, who meant to get the taser and grab the gun. Yeah, accidentally shot Dante Wright, um, and they had a full jur- jury trial. You know, look, she was convicted, um, and sentencing will come sometime in the next couple of months. But but I watched the attorney general Ellison, Keith Ellison, right, co- who is trying the case, come out. And, and, and just have these glowing, gushing words about Dante Wright, as if this is this is somebody who, like, we all should just sort of immediately build statues for in the middle of Minneapolis. Never did he mention that this guy is literally being accused of shooting a teenager in the head within months of this happening, right? He was like a career criminal. This was a very bad guy. I'm not saying what, what Kim Potter did was justified in any way. What I'm saying is you got to stop making these political right. statements. Right. She she made a mistake because the guy was trying to flee. Right. And she made a horrible mistake. A horrible mistake. But 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 in the end of the day, there was a jury trial. Right. She was convicted. What is not up for debate is whether Dante Wright is a good guy. That's not up for debate. He's not a good guy. He was not a good guy. And the fact of the matter is, too often, these folks who represent these communities are are making the communities worse. Right. Much worse by perpetuating the soft this bigotry of low expectations. And we saw it with the quote unquote knife fight. Remember yep. that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When Let's we had a bunch of a, a bunch of white liberals saying, Oh, you know, I mean, kids when they're roughhousing and stuff, yeah, sometimes there's a knife. What the fuck are you talking let, about? Like, let me tell you the, You remember that? Yeah. The, the origins of, of defund the police are white liberals who want to make themselves feel better with this crazy radical idea when you actually go to communities that are uh, uh, suffering under, you know, unspeakable amounts of crime, without exception, they say we need more policing. Like, w- the problem here is, uh, for some reason, white liberals feel like everything can be solved if they just show up like a fairy godmother. They think, if I can if I can take control of the situation... It's the most somehow, condescending it. shit. It yeah. is. It is. And you make your communities demonstrably worse. Right. I mean, demonstrably a, a prime worse. example is Nancy Pelosi, who is in this, like, gated, secure community right. in San Francisco. They actually there's a great story, you know, folks in Google from from about a year ago where they actually pushed an Asian family out of her block because they purchased one of one of the properties on foreclosure. Mm-hmm. And uh they're like, "Wait a minute. Why is someone who isn't part of our like clique allowed in this neighborhood it's just incredible. and fought it in court so it's that incredible. They and then there. you got Nancy Pelosi in Statuary Hall in the Capitol in the with, a, with the Kente cloth taking a knee for George Floyd. Oh yeah. I remember she thanked him for dying. I mean, you know, from like the private jets and such that she takes, she doesn't see the situation out there in San <laughs> yeah, Francisco. Right. I mean, I'm telling you, as soon as you leave the airport, it's bad. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it is. Uh, Smug, you want to do a China? You I got to. I, I got to. Wait, we have a base China segment? Well, we've got, we have a couple of different angles that we can take on. It's basically whatever floats his boat. I know he likes to get into it. Well, one of these things is, folks, if, if you're on Twitter at all, you've probably seen this. Uh, this lib MSNBC producer, Kyle Griffin, who usually has terrible takes and thinks he's really brilliant, uh, he sends out this tweet on December 26th saying that Japan has decided not to send senior officials to the Beijing Olympics in February, a move that will align it with the U.S. diplomatic boycott over China's alleged human rights abuses. Alleged. 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 Listen, Tiananmen Square, probably doctored. <laughs> Those those satellite photos we have, and and last year Pulitzer Prize winning reporting on the Uyghur concentration camps, alleged, alleged, alleged. It's all alleged. 
the the guy from Alibaba disappearing, the tennis star disappearing, yep. alleged, oh, oh, just alleged, alleged, alleged stuff. Just totally all, alleged. it's all alleged. I mean, the, the thing is, is number one, for for him to say this, it's not because this guy's a nut job or an idiot. It's because NBC has paid how much for the Olympics? Like, yeah, this guy billions like, of dollars. That's what matters to these folks. Right. These are not your like every night you go on MSNBC. They're 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 the, you know absolute staunch defenders of democracy. They're standing up for the little guy, except when they have that Olympics money that they've paid and they need to make it back on advertisers, and so they need lots of people to watch. God, the Olympics. That's a good point. You know, I'd love to know. One thing I'd love to know is what is the internal guidance that NBC has provided for reporters in the run up to the Olympics. Because you know damn well. I bet after like the Matt Lauer situation they had over there, they try not to put it in <laughs> writing. They try not to put it in writing. Oh, that was maybe a little different. But the thing that, that has got me is is like this, alleged, right? You have to ask yourself at some level, do they fear just being turned off in China in the Olympics, right? I mean, if they went, if they, if NBC had just a base China segment mm -hmm. between now and opening ceremonies, don't you think there's a pretty high probability they'd lose access to a whole bunch of different venues? Yeah. She does not put up with any of that shit, which you know? is wild. It's amazing. It's like I always go back and remember that like a uh, congressional hearing when they brought all the like CEOs from tech companies. They had like a uh, Tim Cook from Apple, uh, 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 Pichai from Google. Um, I think that they, they, they have, I can't remember if they had the guy from Microsoft. They also had uh, Zuckerberg there. I think Jack. Did they also have Jack? Yeah, there? I think I think that's right. And they asked him, uh, who I can't remember who, what member of Congress asked him point blank that, do you believe like China is an oppressive regime? Um, and every one of them were like, no, no, no. And Zuckerberg says yes. It's like, wow. Yeah. That's telling. It's that's all about who's doing business there. That's the thing. It's like the, so much of our information, like this is supposed to be a news source. Well, we, we, and we, these people wonder why faith in, in, in institutional journalism is at an all-time low when they're out here saying alleged Alleged I really, Chinese. I really do think like we're in for a reckoning in in global politics on all this stuff. Like, you know, I mean, you had corporations who were totally fine boycotting Georgia over the Georgia election law, right? Yeah. You've got MSNBC and CNN reporters every night getting on television talking about how Republicans are the greatest threat to democracy, but all of these corporations are fine with China. Right. And it's like, if we don't start to uh, like force these corporations to align their values with small L liberal democracy, American values, I don't know what the hell we do. I mean, it gets, it gets harder and harder to see how you can fight through it. What, what, one thing I also want to mention is uh, I saw some videos and such and Yahoo reported on this. This is the situation with COVID in China. Um, where remember, folks uh when it first came out they told the world health china told the world health organization to go out and say that china or that uh covid cannot be transmitted human to human and the world health organization did just that uh so currently china's shen imposes this is a, a province the strictest controls to halt the covid outbreak uh, yahoo news has this coverage there are 13 million residents in this area that are facing their fifth day of home confinement and it's at the center of a flare-up that has pushed nationwide daily infections to their highest numbers since March of last year. The videos I mean, out there are insane. There's a great account from Inside China that, you know, I hope they're okay. God risks they, life they, and they, limb. they send out the videos, and you're seeing them, like, sealing doors. of with, Again? Yeah, they're sealing doors again with, like, you know, the, 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 like, the metal door is being sealed. 
folks can't get out of their ceiling doors again. They send in squads, and I'm talking, it looks like a military parade. Thousands of folks uh, put in their, uh, the government is marching in, full masks and everything to enforce whatever she wants to do to make sure that the outside world doesn't know about how dire the situation continues to be inside in China. It says no vehicles are allowed on the road uh, unless they're assisting with disease control work. Uh, police and health officials will, quote, strictly inspect cars. Those who break the rules could face 10 days detention. I mean, and you know what happens there. So, Oh, my gosh. It, is it's an, unbelievable. it, it remains a nightmare situation in China. And, and, you know, for the hundredth time, I invite everybody go see the Frontline episode. It's free on YouTube uh, that uh, PBS made about how China covered up the entire virus, how the entire world is suffering as a result of that government hiding the truth. While you're there, watch Supreme Revenge, another PBS. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, they had a a really smart guest. There was this guy named Josh Holmes on there. I had some thoughtful comments. He was pretty smart. (laughs) I mean, there were a lot. I mean, what I loved most about that is like how mad so many journalists and lawyers were about that. They're like, oh my god, Trump. Trump put so many Supreme Court justices. They hate it. They hate it. All right, so last thing before we get to a game. North Korean government has placed its citizens in an 11-day laughing ban to honor the death of the Supreme Leader Kim Jong-un's father, former Supreme Court uh, Supreme Leader Kim Jong-il. Um, the laughing ban? Honestly, that's so rad. Dude, when, I mean, I, if, when I die, if, if it's like, hopefully, you know, Mayor Garland doesn't get a hold of my body. They'll be dragged to the streets. Um, I would love... For whatever administration is in power, if it's a conservative one, Republican one, please put like a 10 day ban on laughter or celebrations <laughs> in the event of my death. I think we might do the opposite. I mean, what Honestly. a dunk to be like, no smiling, no <laughs> smiling for 11 days. In in honor of a laughing ban, I'm going to tell a joke that was once told allegedly by Al Franken. I want to hear this one. What is the worst thing you can hear after administering a blowjob to, oh to, to Willie Nelson? What? I'd like to apologize to any families listening to this in their cars. Let's hear it. What? I'm not Willie Nelson. <laughs> so take that with your laughing band and shove it up your ass, North Korea. That should be played in North Korea. They will have like such dissent. I, uh, I'd like to point out we still don't have any listeners in North Korea. It's one of that's the only four countries yeah. where we don't have any listeners. I think we we got some in Cuba now. Yeah, we we just we are part of the movement. We really we Freedom. really we need to do an airlift of uh, yeah, just drop CDs. some M- some MP3 files. <laughs> See if we can violate the laughing ban over there. <laughs> oh, I just thought what kills me because you picture the guy looking like you don't want to hear that. <laughs> I want to do that for this. Carn. Oh, oh. <laughs> All right. Let's play a game, fellas. What do we got? Well, we're going to play Dem or Journo today. Let's go ahead and hit that music. Dem or journo, 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 nobody knows. All right. Great stuff. All right. So, I mean, I I, I kind of wanted to keep this, this dem or journo on, on theme, what we got cooking here. Yeah. Uh, so it's all on the let's go Brandon dad from the, the Christmas call with Joe Biden. Okay. <laughs> and for our new listeners, we continue, you know, our numbers continue to grow by the day. Uh, Mr. Duncan will read four statements 
Three come from a journalist, ostensibly a journalist. One comes from a dem operative, and me and Holmes got to guess which is which. All right, let's do it. Okay. Statement number one. Still deeply unsettling that MAGA people express such a deep hatred for Joe Biden. <laughs> and the Joe Biden has asterisks around it, like Joe Biden. Oh, you know, no. like the nice guy. Oh, yeah. oh, it's like of all people. Yeah, of all people. Joe Biden. Uncle Joe. <laughs> okay. Statement number two. Don't waste your time on the pathetic dad who humiliated his family to say F you to the president on Christmas Eve. He's irrelevant. Spend your time asking why Republican leaders are celebrating him. <laughs> okay. Statement number three. Consider the mentality here of the father, whose child is excited to talk about Santa Claus, and then also gets to talk to the president and first lady. But oh my he, God! What an honor to speak to you. <laughs> but he waits out the he waits out the end of the call to sneak in a cutesy way of flipping off the president on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I mean, per, I understand respect for the office. You know, I, I totally respect it. You know, greatest country on earth, being the president, huge deal. But these these journos and libs who just for years were so mad about my norms, and then like uh, I remember seeing the Washington Post had this like. Uh, article is like uh you know cathartic moment as woman flips off president trump right. and shouts fuck trump oh yeah as his motorcade drives by and she and did, now she profile robert piece. de niro said fuck trump at yeah. the oscars and all those hollywood seals everyone seal clap oh yeah and 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 now they're like he said go brandon also as an aside you remember how pissed they got when when trump told the seven-year-old yeah, it's marginal. It's marginal. marginal. Not believing in Santa Claus. Because <laughs> at seven, it's marginal. God, I miss that. I miss oh, that. So, so funny. Good. All right. Statement number four. If you think it's appropriate to tell someone, anyone really, to go fuck themselves after they gave your kids the time of day on Christmas Eve, it says a lot more about your personal character than anything else. Oh, I would say that to a lot of these teachers out there having kids eating the cold. I would just, po I, you know, I, I mean, as an aside here, I just like to point out, and you know, I didn't miss a single paycheck during this pandemic. We have the luxury of being able to do a lot of our jobs at home or work on Zoom or everything. All of these journalists didn't miss a paycheck. No, they, they you don't know? understand at the, all. And so, so the idea that like, and like, look, I, I probably, I probably wouldn't have said that to Joe Biden, but I, I just don't think people understand how upset and angry people are across the country. And if you talk to a normal, regular person, you might understand instead of tweeting out all this bullshit about how my norms, oh, you know, God. it's just, I saw, so there was a great tweet. I can't remember. It was a tech reporter. I remember that, but, uh, they were visiting family in the Midwest and, uh, over the holidays. Yeah. And, uh, they were like, I'm at, uh, you know, uh, a house party here with like family and friends in the Midwest. And, uh, they just threw on like a trap remix of let's go Brandon. And everyone is just like vibing. raging. Everyone's out. vibing, having fun. And she, and then her, the follow up tweet she had was like, I don't think the coasts understand at all. They don't what the Midwest or the mentality here is like. And it's, there you go. There you go. <laughs> all 
All right, so Smug, do you have a guess? I'll turn around. I think I do. Okay. All right, let's work these through. Um, number one, the still deeply unsettling that MAGA people with the Joe Biden thing, it, it, that can't come from an operative, has to be a journalist. Deeply. It has to be because there's nobody, everybody who's involved understands that 50% of the people hate your guy no matter what, right? It's just that's partisanship in America today. There's only a journalist with your your West Wing thematic in the background could ever think that Joe Biden is somebody that's beyond reproach. And I agree. And also, I want to add, to me, I've noted a pattern among journalists to try and give themselves the cover of not being partisan. They try to get permission by saying MAGA people, as in the folks that we should all hate, right? You know, the evil yeah. people. So when right. you see that, it, it's like, oh, journo. Journo. That's a good point. That's a good tell. Um, number three was other, another one that I thought was kind of easy for me. They consider the mentality piece. Yeah. That's not something an operative would say. They consider the mentality thing. Oh, it's like take a step back. Yeah. It's like, oh, let me get, let me paint a broader picture for you. That is journo stuff. Let me let me just give you just a. I'll, I'll take a step back and I will just speak my opinion. Yeah. I'll take a step. <laughs> but, 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 but do so under the guise of navigating through the moral that compass. Is good. That is good. That's that is good. good. Right. So I think those two, those two were were easy. Um. I'm struggling a little bit between four and two, but I where I come down is I, I think if you think it's appropriate, falls a little bit into the consider the mentality mm. type deal. Okay. Right? If you think it's appropriate or if you consider the mentality. Yep, 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 yep. You're you're considering and you're <laughs> It's appropriate. It's it, and they're going to be the arbiters. Appro appropriate people who've risked nothing for the last two years are going to tell people what's appropriate. Yeah, yeah. No. Eh. Oh, there you go, dude. Yeah. You know? That's what grinds my gears. Yeah. So exactly I settled that. on number two is the don't waste your time, and the other reason I think it's number two is because you won't miss an opportunity to to try to guilt by association. An entire conservative. I don't know. Movement. Media does that too. So, so my it's guess, true. my guess was number two, and it was specifically because they mentioned Republican leaders. They instantly try to shift it to like an electoral yeah, situation. Right. Where how can I like, make political hay? Hey guys, you, it's it's uh, elected officials. We have an election. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys are right. Yes. Let's go. All right. I mean, that was that was a tough one. I'm very proud. That was of you well done. Listen, all that of was those. great. That was great. But that's to me the operative thing that where it was just like reflexive. They had to go straight to like an right. electoral <clears throat> way to tie it in. Oh, yeah. That was so a good so that was that was Swalwell. Um, <laughs> oh Jesus. So the the number one uh, was Roger Sullenberger from Daily Beast. Uh, three was uh, Edward Isaac Dover. If he comes up a lot. Oh, that guy's got a lot this. of stuff to share, doesn't he? And uh, four was Jeremy Diamond <laughs> from uh, CNN's White House correspondent. That fucking guy. So, I, and Swalwell was the one that provided the uh, the deal. Yeah, yeah. Swalwell was the was the dem. Incredible. I, I saw I saw a pretty hilarious. Uh, I don't remember. I wish I had it in front of me, but it was a hilarious. The Chinese food tweet. Yeah, the I did. I did say, just go ahead and, and look it up for yourselves. Yeah, <laughs> after the BJ joke, I probably shouldn't go there. But, yeah, you know, we don't want to get an X rated. Hey. <laughs> Shout out to us, honestly. Yeah, that's a, that's a double win. Putting it together and another banger of an episode, gentlemen. I hope all our listeners had an absolutely merry Christmas, a great time with your family and your friends. 
Uh, so until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless.